Welcome to the American Institute of Stress's official podcast, Finding Contentment. The goal of this podcast is to highlight new information about stress and stress management techniques. While we understand that stress is a very personalized issue and different for everyone, we hope to help you find your own way to contentment. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to Finding Contentment. This is your host and executive director for the American Institute of Stress. It's Will Heckman. Thank you for joining us again today. If this is your first time, this podcast basically focuses on stress and stress-related issues. And if you want to find out more about that, please remember to follow us at stress.org. Send in some com- uh, comments or and, and reviews. We love hearing from you guys. So, and by the way, we have two magazines that are absolutely free. One is Combat Stress, one is Contentment. You can subscribe to those magazines at stress.org as well. One just came out. It's really great. Speaking of subscribing, I have to do my YouTube spiel. Look down there. There's a like and subscribe button and a hit button. Please do that. Makes my day. I love to hear from you guys. Whenever I get a like, it makes me feel a little tingly. All right. So today we're going to be talking about something um, that's not going to be surprising. Because when it comes to good health and stress relief, physical activity matters. Exercise and physical activity improve overall fitness, uh, body mass index, cardiovascular, muscular health. But just as important is that studies show exercise can relieve stress, reduce uh, depression, and improve cognitive function. And although many respondents to the Stress in America survey, which was conducted by the APA, report that they experience positive benefits from exercise such as feeling good about themselves and uh, being in a good mood feeling less stressed as i mentioned and and few of them say that they make time to exercise every day in fact the survey found that more than one third of adults report that they exercise less than once a week or not at all only 17 percent in that survey said they exercise every day you know Virtually any form of exercise, from aerobics to yoga, can act as a stress reliever. And if you're not an athlete, or even if you're out of shape like me, you can still make a little exercise go a long way towards stress management. And 53% of adults say they do feel good about themselves after exercising. Uh, A third say it puts them in a good mood. 30% say they feel less stressed, even though all of that, fewer than half of adults exercise to manage their stress. Now, I I know a lot of people, when we talk about exercise and we talk about what to do, a lot of people just don't even know how to get started or where to go. Uh, So I asked someone to join us today who knows a lot more about this than I do, and you can talk to us and maybe motivate us to get started. Joining us today, excuse me, is Bryce Henson. He's the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is the world's fastest growing fitness bootcamp franchise. Bryce has over a decade of experience in the uh, fitness industry and is an owner of one of the Fit Body Bootcamp by the locations, by the way, there's one right by my house. Uh, His other passion is spreading fitness through the world and also mentoring fitness professionals on how to grow their business and change more lives in local communities. Uh, Bryce also leads uh, 
fit body bootcamp mastermind groups and exclusive coaching group for high performing fitness professionals. He's a graduate of Michigan State. He speaks Brazilian Portuguese fluently, which we're probably not going to do today because I won't understand a word. And he enjoys travel. And besides being a fitness expert and coach, he's also an author and an inspirational leader. But to find out more about Bryce, just go to BryceHenson.com. I'll put the link down there so you can all see it. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Bryce Henson. Bryce, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you coming on today. Well, thanks so much. Very, very excited to uh, connect and add some value to your audience. Well, you know, the first thing I wanted to, to really ask you about, because we, we do talk, I mean, people ask us all kinds of stuff about stress management, and we do talk about um, being active. But I wanted to ask you personally how you got started in the fitness field. I mean, your journey and how it changed other areas in your life. Yeah, well, great question. I think it's always important to start with the foundation, the why, if you will. And this has really been a very impactful journey for me. Um, but I certainly didn't start out by uh, as a fitness pro- professional by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it's interesting, you know, even me hearing that bio because you know, about 15 years ago, I was the guy who ate fast food every day. Taco Bell was a staple in my diet. Um, and typically, I always say I'm from the Midwest. I spent the latter ha- uh, half of my child there, uh, there and the state of Michigan where my mom's from. And the Midwest is a great place, amazing people, but not necessarily the fitness capital of the world. Uh, so lack of exercise, fast food, Taco Bell, um, you know, binge eating on the weekends, that was the staple of my nutritional protocol and exercise protocol for the better part of 10 years. Uh, and ultimately that changed when I graduated from college, I got an internship in Los Angeles, uh, which I was excited to be in LA, the sunshine, the beaches, all that California has to offer, but also uh, LA being the plastic capital of the world. So there I was 21 years young, excited to be there, but you know, lack confidence, lack energy, vibrancy, I was 3,000 miles from home, so homesick, didn't have a good friend network, and had very little professional skills to offer the world. But most importantly, uh, Will, I did not have fitness in my life. And I lived that way for about a period of two years uh, where I had a lot more dark days than good. And then a fortuitous situation happened to me. One of my close friends from college, his name was Adam, who was my first fitness mentor, uh, ended up moving to Southern California, and we decided to live together. And something about Adam, he was not on the cover of Ben's Health, but he could have been. He had the six pack abs, the listening muscles, the energy, the confidence, all the girls loved him. I certainly looked up to that. Uh, So when we lived together, embarrassingly enough, Will, but I think there's a takeaway from your audience, is that I was so uh, nervous and scared to actually just pony up and say, hey, Adam, can you uh, show me a little bit about this fitness thing? And I finally did after a few months living together. And he turns to me and he said, Bryce, I thought you never asked, uh, but I'm glad that you did. Um, but I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. You saw how many guys at college asked me how to get fit, and very few of them actually fell, uh, followed through. So if you want to you know, help with this, I'm happy to show you everything that I know, but I need your commitment for a period of six, uh, 12 weeks, so about three months, um, that you're going to lift what I want you to lift, you're going to eat what I want you to eat, and then afterwards, if, if, if it works, awesome, and you really resonate, your life's going to change, and if not, well, hey, listen, at least you gave it a shot. Um, and I'm so glad he made me that, give, give that commitment because 
um, in the world of sales and influence, commitment is consistency. When someone commits to you, uh, they have a greater probability uh, to stay consistent. And that's extremely important in the health and coaching world. It's also really important in the health and coaching world to ask for help. And uh, human nature, sometimes we put up these guardrails or these masks, if you will, from an ego perspective or vulnerability perspective. Um, but I'm so glad I finally asked Adam, and certainly that's a message that I want to share with your audience. But that all said, that was the foundation of me starting the fitness program. I went with him for the 12 weeks. I'm glad he made me uh, commit to that because the first few weeks, I mean, I could barely move. I was so sore, barely squat to the toilet. Uh, but ultimately, I kept on putting one foot in front of the other, and those 12 weeks passed. Um, and I really extended my training for two full years of working together. But it was about the first 12 weeks I started seeing a difference which in the tone of the words of Tony Robbins, progress equals motivation. And it showed me, okay, I started feeling better. I started looking better. I didn't hit my full goal yet. It took me about six months before I stripped away 20 pounds of body fat and put 20 pounds of muscle on. Uh, but ultimately going through that pro uh, process gave me enough, uh, I guess, excitement and motivation to want to continue on. And really, I guess where I stopped the story for now, um, after you know working out with him for two years and really learning exercise science and understanding you know circuit training and weightlifting and clean nutrition and getting a massive result for me, ended up you know becoming the one of the least performing sales rep in my company, all the way to the highest performing sales rep in my company, all because of fitness. And finally, one day I was at the gym myself. Um, I wasn't with Adam that day, and someone walked up to me and said, "Hey, I want to introduce myself. I see how you've been working out. You're in great shape. I'm curious how you eat and how you lift these sets." And that was when the light bulb went on um, that I had an identity change because I was a student, and I still am to many degrees, having that white belt mentality. But uh, Will, that was the moment in time where I realized, oh, you know what? Just as I was given this gift of fitness by Adam, I can also give this gift back. And that was really the the light bulb and the catalyst that started my career in the fitness industry. That was an awesome way to find the passion in your life, and what a and what a great passion it is. You know, some people find their passion in different things, but yours was making yourself healthy. It's a, it's, you know, and instead of being the person asking for help, you were the person people were asking for help. That's great. And it's funny that you mentioned the commitment thing because I have, I've tried to help people uh, do things in the past and I've asked for a 40 day commitment when it came to physical kinds of, of training. 40 days. I don't know. So it's very similar because I figured that's, that's the, the, the point. If you could commit to that at that moment, you're going to know I, I need to continue this. I feel better. Absolutely. And human nature, bless bless our souls. We typically take the path of least resistance. And I'm so glad he made that commitment because if he just said, hey, I'll come to the gym with me for a few workouts, I would have went through a few workouts. I would have been sore as all, all sin. I would have probably second guess myself. I realized, oh my God, this is way too hard. And let's face it, you're not going to see any progress in two weeks after you've been sitting in your butt for 10 years. It right. took time to get out of shape. It's going to time to get back in shape. But uh, Will, that was really the length I needed. And again, to reinforce, it wasn't all of a sudden I became from this not fit guy to all of a sudden I'm a you know fitness model within a 12 week period, but it showed me, okay, I can see the progress. If I continue keeping consistent on this, good things will come and certainly good things have came because that story kicked off in early 2007. And here we are, you know, 15 plus years later uh, shooting the show today. So it stuck with me all the way up until this point. You know, you brought up a really good fact that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And after sitting on your butt for a few years, it's not going to go away. And that brings me to something I wanted to ask you about. 
something's happened in the last few years that is unprecedented. We went through a pandemic. Who the hell even knew what that was? Like when I was your age, what does that even mean? It was just a, a, a theory. But we actually went through it. And we had a whole bunch of people in lockdowns doing nothing but sitting. Even the people that worked in, in I would say, jobs that didn't require a whole lot of physicality, those people now were sitting at home doing their job, like I'm speaking to you, virtually, and they sat for a couple of years. And that affected a lot of people's health. They gained weight, and that affected a lot of people's stress because now they're stressed out because look at look man look what this has done to me so i wanted to ask you about what your impression was is the whole lockdown the whole pandemic had on people yeah well incredible question and this has certainly been in humanity's wheelhouse but certainly as a fitness and fat loss professional having hundreds of uh franchise partners throughout north america who have brick and mortar studios extremely challenging situation depending on the government protocol uh first and foremost you know i'll I'll shoot you very straight uh from my visibility is you know covid was a it's a real thing it's a virus and it certainly had uh unfortunately um really sad effects on the people that were affected there's no doubt about that and that's the truth however um as we look back you know at the data and realize all the, the the stress and the havoc that the lockdowns uh you know had un unqualified uh un uh, validated in the sense right. of um, fr- from that perspective, uh, meaning um, the vast majority of, of people, uh, unfortunately, uh, were locked down uh, because of that. To your point, they didn't move. They didn't take their nutrition seriously. Already, our country, as we headed into 2022, according to the CDC, the obesity rate of our country was 43% for adults, 20% of children are obese these days. This was heading into the pandemic. Interestingly enough, I, I do find it very interesting that the CDC has not uh, provided additional reports over the last few years of what that obesity uh, rate currently is. But my suspicions telling me, especially after the last two years, it's probably going to be closer to 50%. And right. certainly, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, you know, everyone wants to look good and feel good. So I'm not really even initially talking about from a vanity perspective. I'm actually talking about from an overall health uh, crisis perspective, because what's even worse is that 80% of the people that were most impacted by COVID were statistically obese, including um, hospitalization or death. So from a physical uh, aspect, when your body has extra weight, everything in your body, including your organs, including your heart, including your liver, has to work that much harder just to keep you alive compared to a steady uh, a person in normal rate and in health. And of course, then when you compound a virus, whether it's coronavirus or any disease, a flu, whatever the case may be, it adds more havoc to the system. And just to put some dollars and cents behind this, um, I was reading a recent study that nearly $200 billion with a B are spent on extra healthcare costs because of obesity. And certainly the pandemic, the shutdowns, they've added fuel to that fire. What's even worse on an individual perspective, the average person who is obese statistically spends over $1,500 a year more in healthcare than a person with a normal rate and physically healthy. So when clients come to me at times, um, wanting a, a solution, um, you know, for health and fitness, and they say, Bryce, I can't afford it. I say, you know what, you can't not afford it. Cause ultimately, 
you're going to be a statistics. You either you pay for your health or you will pay for your sickness and you'd much rather pay for your health. And we do too. We pay for your health too because the price of health insurance goes up. The, the price of just medication goes up. Uh, hospital stays go up. We, we look into that all the time. And beyond all that, the American Institute of Stress has seen reports that this has been a stress pandemic on top of it because of things like that, because of people who are so stressed out because they're not healthy enough to fight off this virus. I had COVID. I got sick for a few days. I was okay. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a virus. It's okay. Um, But all of this, all of the things you mentioned, which were right on point, also attributed to this massive increase in in stress in people. People were feeling really bad about, okay, I'm really out of shape now. I'm not used to being inactive. I am unhealthy. I am gaining COVID pounds. To give it a cute name, they think it's okay. It's not. And, and like you said, some of all of this was unwarranted. It really, my, this is my personal opinion, but it's my show. It's, you know, it was really unwarranted. It wasn't necessary, a lot of it, but that's hindsight. But all of it attributed to stress. People were losing their jobs. People were not able to work. I bet you some of the, the, the people that you coach and mentor who own brick and mortar health clubs were going, well, now what? You know, what do I do? So one of the things I really want to discuss with you, because I think it's important for people to know that eating right, doing exercise, being active, yes, it helps you physically, but it also helps you manage stress too. Can you tell us a little bit about your views on that and, and what you've seen? You've done this for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And you're just so spot on, very kindred spirits here in terms of, you know, the identification of, you know, big health crisis, both from a BC perspective and a stress perspective. And Will, you're so right when, you know, typically when someone's put on additional levels of stress, uh, their uh, behavior typically is not strong. So you typically, you know, then gravitate to the junk food and to being lethargic and overeating and stress eating. So it's just a problem that compounds. Um, so that's why it was extremely challenging um, to, to listen to some of these protocols where the, the exact opposite of what you should be doing, stay at home, don't move, don't do anything. You actually should be the opposite. You should be moving your body at least three times a week, you know, getting exposure to sunlight, um, exercising, drinking water, eating healthy foods. Um, you know, exercise uh, is an incredible uh, tool and even forget about weight loss for a second because that's probably, probably the primary reason people decide to, to join a fitness program, but single-handedly, aside from smoking, moving your body three three times uh, a week of vigorous exercise, even only if it's 30 minutes, is probably the single best thing you can do for your overall health, wellness, and mental well-being. And in fact, there's many studies out there um, that showcase that exercising improves your body's uh, uh, anti-inflammatory system. So basically, it 
uh, activates your uh, uh, excuse me, sympathetic nervous system. And your sympathetic nervous system helps increase your heart rate, uh, contains uh, blood sugar, or excuse me, blood pressure, and your breathing rate. So it helps mod uh, moderate all these really important activities, you know, in your in your body. So without exercise, uh, then ultimately your body's not able to kind of stay in, in a, a system of equal um, equilibrium in order to maintain a very healthy you know outlook. Um, additionally, I was just uh, reading a study by a PhD. Uh, from Stanford that I follow uh, about exercise and about you know stress reduction and whatnot, and he talked about um, one of the reasons that uh, exercise, from a chemical perspective, the way our, our brains are wired, is that when you exercise, okay, um, there is a well even without exercising, you have a piece of your brain um, called the amygdala, uh, which is Greek. It stands for walnut because it's about a walnut-sized shape, and this is actually in your um, you know a reptile brain, if you will, and the amygdala is in charge of firing emotions and a lot of fear and anxiety emotions, which we hear those uh, words, typically they're not looked on fondly upon, which is true, but the reason our human body evolved because it, you know, those emotions at times actually are very beneficial to keep us out of uh, trouble and danger. Um, studies show when I was listening to the PhD that I'm a huge um, subscribe to, when you move your body, when you exercise, what happens is the 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 brain waves in your amygdala, the chemicals are actually reduced. Okay, so because of that, you have feelings of more um, relief and uh, excitement and really good you know, feelings versus anxiety, stress, and doubt. So, from just a, a chemical wiring perspective, when you move your body, you're setting your your, your brain up uh, to release more happy endorphin uh, type chemicals that make you feel good, that make you more ambitious. You know that you get your dope me that hits when you extend that over a period of time what happens is uh, the person decides to you know is it more incentivized to continue to work out continue to eat better and it's a flywheel that repeats in a very positive way but the opposite is also true so to kind of put a bow on it uh, there are definitely physical mental and phys physiological benefits of exercising that far outweigh um, just weight loss alone it really has to do with mental health reducing anxiety and there's a lot of science showing that to be true Thanks. You got to help me out with something. Though. This is what you do. You motivate people. You get them to work out. I, I, I you know, on your site it says all fitness levels. It's uh, friendly. People who are stressed out and are suffering from stress-related disorders, whatever they are, find it very hard to be motivated. How do we get those people? Those people listening right now are saying, yeah, oh, that's all well and good, but when I'm feeling really stressed, the last thing I feel like doing is working out. How do we get those people to do something, anything? Got to hire a coach. And the reason I say that is statistically, uh, if you're listening to this and you don't hire a coach or have an accountability uh, partner, um, what happens when life gets in the way, when work gets in the way, when family or kids get in the way, we tend to isolate, if you will, and actually drop that commitment. Because let's face it, working out is hard. Eating healthy is hard, okay? However, it's a lot harder on the back end uh, to not do those things. So really one of the things, that, the, the ways that we're wired as humans is we're tribal, we're, we're creatures of connection. So the reason our program at Fit Body Bootcamp is so special is because it's not a big box gym where you come in and you have access to the weights, but it's all up to you. Uh, that's why statistically, you know, gym memberships don't work because people need accountability. We need each other. Uh, so the, the single best strategy 
in terms of getting fit is hiring someone who's already fit, who can hold you accountable or show you the way. And for our modality at Fit Body Bootcamp, that's why group coaching is so important because when you come in, when you have a coach, when you have other peers around you, you bet your bottom dollar, you're gonna work harder. You're gonna get that last set of push-ups, that last set of sit-ups. You know, when you're at that group social pressure environment versus if you're just doing that alone. And I mean, Will, I say this about myself as well. Even myself, who's a very motivated, driven guy in the fitness industry, you know, I'm 180 uh, 80 pounds, have a 10% body fat, very fit guy. I will work out so much harder when I'm in my own gym with my coaches pushing me than if I'm going to go lift weights by myself. So if that's for me, okay, a fitness professional who really, you know, takes this seriously, for the average person, um, you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't have an accountability partner or coach. That's it's, how you do it. Right. It's, it's, it's such good advice. To have somebody be accountable to. If you're accountable to yourself, you, you'll always excuse yourself. You'll, you know, you'll find a reason. You will. And, and to jump in here too, and while fitness is my zone of genius, I'm also being very vulnerable. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I stopped drinking in December of 2016. I tried to do it myself a handful of times, false starts by myself, isolated. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I could not kick that habit. But it was until I basically put my hand in the air, was vulnerable and said, you know what? I need some help. I'm going to join an accountability, a 12-step program where I had a mentor, an accountability partner to kind guide me through that that's when everything changed so that just gives you visibility just the way human natures are wired whether it's fitness or not um, group accountability helps and especially you know within our industry and if you're feeling really um i I know i keep using the same word but if you're feeling really stressed about going to a, a, a boot camp because you are out of shape think about the positive reinforcement and the motivation you're going to feel when you show up a week later and that coach is saying, look how much you've, somebody recognizes your improvement. Look how much you've improved in just this short period of time. You are on your way to being a healthier, happier person. And that's what it's really all about. That's what we talk about on this show. You can find your way to being a healthier, happier person. You just need to Find that thing that works for you. And, and I think I've always been a big believer in exercise. I, I, I what my motivation was a competitive sport. But in order to be good at it, a competitive sport and not get injured every month as I was, I started cross training and doing things like that with a partner because it, it did help. And I want to ask you about something else too because now it's uh, more pertinent especially to me. And that's about people who are getting back into exercising. You know, old guys like me, who feel all of a sudden, okay, I can't get off the floor. My legs are, and this is really true. I need to like hold on to something to get up off the floor. I never, never in my life had to do that. Is there a place in, in fitness body boot camp or something similar to that as you get older. Amen. Well, interestingly enough uh, that you asked this, Will, but last year in 2021, we ended up relaunching our Fit Body Forever program. And our Fit Body Forever program is specifically targeted for you know adults in their late 50s, uh, 60s, and early 70s. 
And uh, the uh, the education piece behind that is uh, all of our coaches are certified through the Functional Aging Institute, uh, FIA, which are which are put together by two PhDs from Purdue. So that's where the training um, education piece you know came from and really crafted by. Um, but ultimately, um, the program is a group training program. It's a small group, so each of the coaches have a bit more time and attention um, on uh, the member versus a large group training, which is normal boot camp. Um, but ultimately, still prov- pro- provides and performs functional movements, you know, cardiovascular movements, and also strength movements, which are really, really important because as we age, um, studies show that we um, suffer hypertrophy, meaning. We basically decline in terms of body mass. We decline in terms of muscle, and you need uh, m- more muscle um, as you continue to move forward to, you know, ha- live a healthy and active lifestyle. So, you know, training, you know, into your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s is super, super important. Uh, and it's unfortunately the, a narrative that you know it has been lost mm-hmm. um, over over the years. But it's absolutely uh, important to someone's general health and wellness as you continue. And I would even argue it's even more important as we age uh, because of the the natural, I guess, uh, things that we encounter as, uh, as humans. And, and you know what? The reasoning behind it may have changed. I no longer care how I look at the beach. Sorry. I really don't. But I'm stressed about as I get older, staying healthy and knowing that, you know, I don't have that feeling of immortality anymore. Uh, and it's very stressful. But seeing if I could still do physically the things I used to do 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, that would that, that would be a big stress reliever, at least for me. All right, enough about old guys. <laughs> <laughs> what I do want to talk to you also about is is very important to me because I wasn't educated for a, a very long time. And we don't talk a lot about kids. They, they That they just don't get enough exercise. And I look at the school systems now, a lot of times you can get out of gym class. My daughter did it, um, although now she goes to the gym oh, oh, many times a week. Um, so I'm very proud of her. But in in high school, she could get out of gym class by taking an online course. Not quite the same. And I look at kids uh, in elementary schools, and they're all, there is no gym. They get recess for a little bit of time. So I wanted to get your thoughts about all of that leading to the increase in, in the amounts of obesity in kids and how that's affecting them mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Well, just to really reinforce before I go down the, the child angle, um, to your point, I mean, stress levels, this is what your organization does, is it focused on. And when someone's obese, we were talking earlier in this conversation just about the medical, the health, and the financial aspect of it. But we really didn't hit hard on the, the psychological aspect as well. When you're heavy, when you're overweight, okay, um, everything becomes more difficult. And people, studies always show, suffer from higher level of depression, higher level of anxiety, high level of stress. Uh, so this is really, really important, not only from a, a health perspective, from an aesthetic perspective, but overall, um, an emotional perspective as human beings that we really change the narrative and start taking our health and and fitness a little bit more seriously. And to kind of uh, connect the dots in terms of children, the first time ever our our child obesity rate is nearly 25%. It's just over 20%. And let's face it, kids are impressionable. It's monkey see, monkey do. When they see their parents, okay, not investing in their health, not investing in their fitness, 
people do the exact same thing. So that's our early, that just reinforces some of our conversation earlier about the pandemic. Already our country was facing a health crisis. The pandemic was adding fuel to the fire. And we're thinking about adults, right? And older adults and whatnot. But really when we look to the youth, okay, the youth are watching all this going on and not, you know, picking up good habits because let's face it, we're not giving them good habits from a statistical perspective. Um, so let's face it, if we're talking about stress and anxiety, you know, think about a kid who's, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, who's 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. Okay. How are they going to feel about themselves? What type of energy are they going to have? What type of, you know, anxiety and uh, and stress are they going to encounter? Because let's face it, being a kid and being a teen is already stressful enough. You add in layers of, you know, unhealthiness and, you know, feeling awkward because uh, no one likes to be overweight. Um, it's a it, it is and it's continuing to com the problem compound. Um, so it is important that we're having these conversations because parents, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, the big call to action about finding a reason for you to be healthy and fit. Yes, you have a lot of incentive to be a better version of you, but if not for you, do it for your kids. They're watching. They are taking notes. And if you live a healthy and fit lifestyle, they the, the chances for them doing that increase the opposite also true. And that's why it's so important that we're having this conversation. And I think we have to change the narrative a little about what um, good health and physical exercise and what our body image is. We don't have to look like Chris Helmsworth or Bryce Henson. <laughs> that doesn't, you know, we, sure. can't look, we can't hold that up as, as you know, that's what we aspire to. Cause it's, 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 it's sometimes unreasonable. So our image of what a healthy person looks like needs to change a little too. And in doing that, that I think that'll alleviate a lot of stress of, oh my God, I don't look like, you know, Jason Momoa. Although people tell me, no, nah, forget. Um, I, I can see it, I can see it. <laughs> but, but if we change that a little bit, that, that, that unrealistic, and the media is partially at fault, I know, but we buy it too. We don't have to buy it. We, we can't all, you know, be like I said, be Bryce Henson, but he does this for a living. You and I are just do what we do, but our image of what a healthy us, what a healthy me looks like should be our own. And we we once we do that, I think that'll alleviate a lot of stress. You just have to be healthier than you were when you weren't healthy. Amen to that. And you're right. You're only competing with yourself. And, mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate you, uh, you know, your nice accolades. When I mentioned my my frame and my body fat percentage, that's not to prove a point aside from the fact that I am a fitness professional. Or should, I should be that way. If someone's basically, you know, hiring me as a coach, you want a coach who's in shape. Just like if you're, you know, looking for a dentist, you want a dentist with clean and straight teeth. <laughs> Same with a financial advisor, right? Um, so, but for the average person, you know, we're not looking from a, a vanity perspective. If you have a six pack awesome but is that you know the definition of health and fitness no and sometimes it can actually be unhealthy but what habits are you doing are you moving your body are you doing some vigorous exercise at least three times a week are you drinking half your body weight in ounces of water every day are you you sleeping seven to eight hours uh, a, a night um, are you eating fast food less than two times a week i mean these are all just simple tweaks that when you um, execute them on a weekly basis consistently day after day week after week you'll look back at six months and say oh my goodness i feel better i look better i think better i just overall have a better energy around me and that's really the name of the game here you know you hit on a really important point 
you think better. People don't realize that when you're in better shape and you lose that excess weight that you've been trying to do and you're more active and you're physically feeling better, cognitively, you're functioning better too. And that has a lot to do with how you feel and, and your emotions and and how you handle the stress in your life. No, no life is without stress. God forbid. I don't have a life without stress. Stress is good. Stress motivates you. Stress makes you better. It's how you handle it. So all of these things that Bryce is telling us that we need to do, it, they're all doable by you and me. They're all doable. So, you know, and, and no matter what shape you're in now, you can get into better shape. Amen. And if the CEO of an international fitness franchise could have started out just a kid in the Midwest, 20 pounds overweight, no muscle on his body, no understanding of nutrition, eating fast food as a staple of my diet, if I can do it, certainly Will and all of your audience listening here can do it today. And that's really the message. Yeah. Hey, you know, I want to finally, Chris, we're running out of time. I don't want to go too long. I mean, I'm taking up a lot of your time, but... It's, it's a very interesting subject to me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, uh, a lot of people in our audience, uh, uh, fitness hasn't been the first thing on their mind lately, and uh, especially the last few years. So they need to come back to the forefront of what they do as a person. Uh, but I wanted you to tell me, because I have seen it in, in West Palm Beach, Florida. I have seen the fitness body bootcamp. And so I wanted you to... Tell us a little bit about that, what people can expect when they go there. Um, for, for the very first time, I walk in the doors. What's it like? It's welcome. It's open. It's energetic. Um, you know, fitness is, can be intimidating. We talked about earlier the intimidation factor. In fact, the heaviest weight any of our clients will ever have to lift is the very first time opening that door mm. because that's the hardest barrier of entry. When you come into our studios, our, our program is built for the average uh, average everyday per person who you know is in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, who has you know kids and work and school, who necessarily doesn't love working out, maybe hasn't worked out since high school, but know they need to change, know they need to look better, they need to feel better, they have more energy, confidence, um, manage their stress better. Uh, this is who our program is for. Um, it's a coaching program. So we have two coaches in every single session. You don't, you can't come anytime you want. There's usually uh, a set schedule of roughly about four sessions in the morning, four sessions in the evening. So that way it's very convenient for, you know, someone who has work and kids and busy life uh, to attend one of the sessions. Our secret sauce is we do 30 minute circuits. So we like to say we give twice the workout, twice the result, half the time. And uh, really 30 minutes a day is 2% of your day. And I always like to say, if you can't give me 2% of your day, you're just not taking your life and your fitness seriously. The good news though, is when you reframe that and you will teach them mindset coaching and really welcome someone in, um, give them a great experience. And it's tough, it's not easy, but it's not a military style boot camp. We're here to lift you up, we're here to encourage you. And you talked about praise and recognition. One of the big staples of our program is we praise and recognize our members, not only for their weight loss uh, and fitness and fat loss results, but also just showing up because we, we know if they show up, uh, those habits will compound and over the long term will be successful. So we celebrate our members when they hit their 25th session, their 57th, their 100th session. Uh, literally this morning, we celebrate a client who just had 2,000 sessions, uh, who's been at it for eight years, which is just absolutely inspirational. So high level, that's what you know, the look and the feel and the experience looks like um, at, at Fit Body Bootcamp. And that person that did the 2,000 sessions, 
they started with the first one too. Just number one. That's how they. And, and I know how how you feel. I, I tell you what, I think a lot of people who are listening, and if you're worried about like you know costs and things like that, it's not. First of all, I'm telling you, it's not outrageously expensive, and um, you you end up saving money in the long run just on your health. And you can't also put a price on your health or your mental well-being. You can't. So somebody being your own personal cheerleader, what's that worth? You know, and what does the cheerleader do but cheer you on? And and you can't you can't put a price on that. It's uh, the value. There is no dollar amount in it. And besides the fact that it's it's really a fun place of what I've seen. I know you also coach uh, uh, people in business too. I know they're going through a lot of stressful times too. Must, that, must be, that must be rough. We do have uh, people at AIS who are business coaches. And uh, I talk to them uh, periodically. And, and boy, they tell me, man, it's rough out there. Been a tough two years for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I want to I want to really thank you for coming on the show. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. I'm really happy we're able to do it. Uh, Fit Body Bootcamp. You go to uh, BryceHenson.com to find out about Bryce. Look for a Fit Body Bootcamp near you. Where's yours? Yours is in, in California, right? That's right. My location is in Mission Viejo, uh, California, which is in Orange County, about an hour south of Los Angeles. But whether you live in Orange County or any part of North America, we have hundreds of locations. Just go ahead, go to our website, fitbodybootcamp.com, and find the nearest location uh, towards you. We'll be happy to welcome you in, train you, and change your life. I'm going to put that that link in there because I really want everybody who's listening, who's going through a rough time, mentally, physically, whatever, all of this stuff will help you feel better on both ends, physically and mentally. Thanks again, Bryce. Appreciate uh, you, Will. I want to thank everybody else also for joining us today. Um, and just as I remind you on every show, uh, remember, go to stress.org, help support these podcasts, our, our webinar that we just did, and our upcoming webinars. And I want to remind everyone, just as stress is different for everyone, there is no one stress reduction or management strategy that is right for everyone. So please join us next time as we explore more stress management strategies and insights. And remember, as I said, visit us at stress.org and gather information and tools and techniques and to live a healthier and happier and a longer life. And I hope the information that Bryce and I gave you today will help you find contentment. So good day, everyone. <laughs>